Throughout history, wells have been these central fixtures in communities where people gathered not just to draw life-giving water, but to build relationships and build their communities. Throughout my life, wells have been this symbolic measure too of tenacity, a promise, and this hope that I might have something I can share with someone else that is helpful. The well here on Wednesdays is offering cup-filling stories for human resources. Whether it's innovation, bravery, creativity, I invite you to join me. I'm Danielle Houston. Pull up a chair, be part of this community, whether you're listening to someone else's story or sharing one of your own. Today, who are we meeting here in this virtual space to connect and be inspired by? We are meeting Jen Schomer. She is a builder and others have called her a pioneer. But as I have really contemplated this episode, I've realized that those two traits really do need one another. And those attributes have found a place in this HR pro's heart. As a builder, she has learned you have to bring a lot of different people along with you. So she's going to share her experiences in that. And her experience has mostly been in building. Except for one specific experience, everything has been startup or growth for her. She's built retail operational programs and human resource programs. She's built recruiting and onboarding programs more than once and a full HR department from the ground up. Her experience is multi-state and multi-site. So she brings a wealth of knowledge and experience here that we can learn from. So Jen, welcome here. And can you first maybe just start with telling us what are you passionate about? Well, hi, thank you for having me, Danielle. Um, what, I, what I think I'm most passionate about is really is growing people. Um, and that is part of the build. You know, you have to grow people along the way. And what's the point of building processes and programs if it's not for the people and to move the organization forward? So yeah. people are the foundation. And one of the things I've thought as we've been getting to know each other and talking about this episode is that even builders don't build alone. You have to be able to do it with others. Um, so what are the core beliefs that guide your work? Well, there's a few things. Um, a core value, um, which goes along with the core beliefs, is, is really building trust. Um, you know, and I do this primarily through transparency. Um, and it goes hand in hand with, you know, not doing things just because it's the way it's always been done. Right. We have we have to take a step back and look and say, is this what's serving us? Um, sometimes builders have to rock the boat a little bit. The challenge is, you know, how much water is splashing up, you know, are people falling out? <laughs> so, um, and I like to challenge mediocrity. Um, you know, I do strive to do what's right. And sometimes that's not the most popular thing. But hopefully, you know, with the right approach and building trust and being transparent, um, people can see that it's the right thing. Yeah, that was one of the things that really resonated for me when we were talking and you were sharing your story that there's this, this question 
that you regularly ask yourself. And I love it. And it was, is it easy or is it right? Uh, We could apply that to all kinds of things in life and not just the workplace. So as we talk about building today and the hurdles that come along with that, you're going to be sharing with us some of those things, what you've learned about bringing people along on the build, because there are going to be the people, I mean, you give the analogy of a boat, you know, um, how wet are you willing to get kind of, right? Um, But there are going to be those who are resistant to the change, others that are more fearful about change, and then some that are just really comfortable where they're at. So they don't really, they don't really see the need for it. And as an HR professional, you really have to be able to meet people where they are. So let's just start with, tell us about that first build that you had that stands out. Sure. I'll, I'll skip to the HR build. I'll, I'll bypass the retail um, side of things. Um, the first big one was I was brought into a company as the company's first recruiter. It was a, a retail organization that was growing um, and they were just building infrastructure as is common, you know, with growth organizations, they're a little bit over their skis. Um, so I walk into um a stack, it must have been, it felt like it was a foot thick of uh, paper applications. <laughs> um, and this was in the day when, yes, there were still, there were ATSs, so um, there was no ATS. Um, these paper applications were not even in a spreadsheet. <laughs> so that was the foundation and the stores were in crisis. They, they did not have staff, um, you know, so it was, it was difficult on, on the people and the customers. Um, so, that was the first build, um, and it n- to not get into all the details of that. Um, but if we fast forward for four to five years later, um, we had by that time we had things organized. We had you know company out of crisis. We had an ATS. Um, we had a process. We had managers trained on how to hire. Um, we had uh, and how to hire um, better people. Um, you know, so they were trained, we had less turnover. Um, we had a higher customer satisfaction rating. Um, and we also had an onboarding program along with it. And this onboarding program um, started with the first day, everybody coming in for their full day, even if we flew them in um, for full immersion, cultural immersion and, and training. Um, so it was, it ended up being really successful. Um, to the point where then we were acquired. Um, and this company that acquired us, what we did with our recruiting and our onboarding and our training and our staff success was a big thing that attracted them to want to acquire us. So there's something about building that trust with people that just seems to create such a positive ripple effect throughout the yeah. whole organization. And I love that you you were able to bring people together because there is something that happens when we can look at each other eye to eye and make those personal connections and then build on the work component. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice because that was one of those, those experiences in those companies where you sort of look back and just say, you know, that was, that was a special time, you know, and hopefully everybody gets at least one of those in their career Yeah, Um, to the point where, you know, some of us are still friends. Um, you know, and some people still 
hang out and, you know, do happy hour and are, are in each other's lives. So it was a nice yeah. time. Those relationships run deep. One of the things too, that I think of, you know, when you talk through that build and, you know, assessing really where you needed to start is really how on the forefront of things, human resources really always is. There are these times, I think, or maybe periods in time or certain organizations that haven't really acknowledged the role that HR plays. Um, But pre-COVID, human resources has always been on the front lines of trying to build the, trying to build the culture and the atmosphere and bringing people together, which, I mean, we can, I think, appreciate that value even more today than we probably could have a year ago. And that's one of the things that, you know, at least here um, through this series that I really want to explore is how much HR really is on the front line. Yeah, I completely agree. We're, we're interwoven in the whole way. Absolutely. One of the other things I guess that I really want to find out from you when you walked in and you see the stack of papers, right? And you know, there is a lot of work to do. Probably, I would assume that when you walked in that space, all you could see was the work. How did you decide where to start first? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it, it's really looking and, and assessing um, the biggest pain points um, and who are the biggest pain points for. Um, and of course, the risk. Um, in, this, in this particular situation, there wasn't as much risk as there was, um, there wasn't as much legal risk, I should say, as there was pain points for people. Um, so that one, you know, was a little bit um, easier to navigate through because I didn't have to balance the legal risk as much. Um, but it, yeah, it's just really where are the biggest pain points and a step at a time. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, because in these situations, you have to run while building at the same time. You have to keep the lights on while you're building the electricity around it. <laughs> yes. Someone has to be brave enough to do it though. Right. Yeah. So if a colleague came to you who is considering a build or knew they needed to build something where they were at, what would you recommend to them? What would your advice be? Um, so I think the biggest thing, well, there's several things. Um, one is talk to people, come in first, completely open, patient, and just talk to people, all levels of the organization. Um, all departments cross-functionally to really understand what's going on because how can you build until you understand what's going on? How can you build until you understand what's needed and where are the pain points, right? And and um, get into deep conversations, find out what people want and what they fear um, because what they fear and what they don't want can be almost as valuable <laughs> as what they do want because it helps guide and navigate you. Um, this will help understand the dynamics that you'll face when implementing the changes. Um, so you can navigate that better. Um, and most importantly, bring your biggest opponents along with you by getting them involved and getting their partnership right from the beginning. Um, That's a little of, counterintuitive, isn't it? To bring along your opponents? Well, it's 
it's harder for people to be a hurdle if they're part of the process. True. Right. Um, and, you know, there, it, it won't be easy. There may be challenges, but it, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say the statement, but, uh, but I'll say it because I think some people can relate to it. It's kind of that thing of keep your enemies close. <laughs> Not that they're enemies, but, you know, I know challenging you people, you stay closer to them. Um, you can have more yeah. success. Because maybe there's a point in there where even if you don't agree, maybe you're not all on the same page, you can still have, um, you can still build that as an ally. You can still say we're working together toward a common goal. We might not know exactly or agree exactly on how we're getting there, but we're still going to do it together. So you can earn their respect in that regard, even if they don't think you're necessarily right. Yeah, absolutely. And some, and that's actually another piece of advice um, with somebody doing a build is there may be times where you have to um, choose to be respected over being liked. Mm. You know, ideally we want both, but. Um, but it's not always going to happen. Yeah, it's not always going to happen. Yeah. So you talk a lot about talking to people, asking a lot of questions and then listening. And I think that can sometimes be a challenge between human resources and people who might be a little concerned about being as honest or transparent with you as they might be with a coworker or a friend. So what are some of the ways that you start to build that trust so that people will be as honest with you as you really need them to be? Yeah, thank you for asking that because I've, I've had pretty good success here. Um, the bottom line is I am authentic and I am transparent with them. Um, I will not lie to them um, and they know that. Um, and I'll tell them the truth, even if it's difficult, right? Um, and yeah. that ends up being respected. And, you know, you can, people can have difficult conversations with people from a place of authenticity um, that ends up being very positive. Um, you know, I mean, I've been able to, this may sound bad, I've been able to um, let people go, unfortunately, but from a very compassionate, authentic place to the point where they thanked me for the learning, um, you know, that they're going to take forward into their next, next place, wherever that ends up being. Well, yeah, I think that's a win. I, I think so, too, because sometimes helping everyone to understand that, you know, if you don't fit in this place, there is somewhere for you to fit. And, you know, we all are on the journey to figure out where we can fit and make the most of an impact with the skills that we have and, and bring yeah. to the table. Yeah, I, I believe in win-win situations. And if it's yeah. not right for one party, then it's probably not right for both. And there's a better fit. Yeah. So tell us, Jen, how have you faced other building challenges like educating the employees about the changes? Because you've you've talked us through, you've asked a lot of questions, you've done a lot of assessment, you've made some decisions. I'm guessing many of them are difficult decisions, but now you have to let everybody else in on what that looks like. So walk us through that. Yeah, thanks for asking that, Danielle. That's critical. It's very important is bringing people along. Um, people have to know what's coming and not just what's good, but what the trade-offs might be. Um, you know, it's important to be transparent about both the rewards, but also the costs. There may be some things that they're giving up. 
Um, you know, hopefully it's, it's more reward than cost, um, but we really need to educate them on understanding the why. Why, what's the bigger picture? Why are we doing it this way? What's, what's the value in this change? Um, and bringing them on board with that. Um, I think it's really important whenever possible to do these things in person. Um, this last, not this last build, but one of these major changes in the last build, um, I, went, I went to all offices. I did multiple in-person meetings, um, you know, five states I did this to make sure to have that personal connection with people. Um, and that's a way to build trust. Um, when they can see that you're being transparent and you have an open forum where they can ask questions and you can be real and you can say, you know what, that's a takeaway. I hear that. And you validate their feelings. Um, and then you're able to, you know, follow up with, you know, the rewards and ask for their support in the process. Yeah. I love how there's just this common thread of building trust with people and how much of that process just requires looking people in the face and having the conversation about the hard stuff and the things that are good. Because we all know whether it's been a personal change or a work change, it's not all going to be good. And if you're really going to make a decision about how you're going to embrace change, let's do it with everything, right? Let's do it with all the, all the facts so that we can sift through it. And do that absolutely, together. absolutely, and and you know it's been tough with COVID and the the lack of what we call touch in an appropriate way in the HR world, um, you know. And I think that we'll get that back, and there'll be balance. And while Zoom is 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 an effective tool for what it is, um, I don't think in person contact with HR is something that should be sacrificed long term. I agree. People still need people, right? Yeah. Tell us the ham story. You told me the ham story. I'd never heard it before. Uh, it, I think it brings a lot of these pieces together. Yeah. So, um, so we, in this situation, you know, we lay out the details um, and we, we look at what is no longer serving. So there's a story that, I, that really comes to mind um, in this situation. I call it the ham story. So uh, uh a woman asked the mother, mom, why do we cut the ends of the ham off before we cook it? So they cook a, you know, a ham every so often. And the mother says, I don't know why we cut the ends off of the ham. This is the way I was taught by my mother. Let's ask grandma. So they asked grandma, grandma, why do you cut the ends of the ham off? And grandma said, you know, very like you should know this type of, you know, response. Because my oven was too small for the ham to fit. So I had to cut the ends of the ham off. So something that was serving a purpose two generations ago and just got passed down because nobody challenged it or asked why and they just thought the way it was continued on and it ended up being wasteful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and there again, I think there's another little piece that we could pull through into so many areas of our life too and be like, where else do I have ham? Where else yeah. <laughs> am I cutting off the ends that maybe, maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I should yes. be asking a lot more questions. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about, you know, the wins, finding the wins, building the trust, but you know, there's always something that when you look back, you would see something that maybe you would have done differently. So if you could roll back the clock on 
any of the builds you've done, because you've got a lot of good examples to pull from, what's something that you would do differently? That's a good question. Um, my most recent build, uh, I did not do an engagement survey right out of the gate. Mm. And I had a hard time collecting some other metrics that I wanted. Um, there were so many priorities at that time um, that I didn't end up pushing through and, and wrangling to get those metrics or making the time to do the engagement survey and to sell the organization on why we needed to do that. Um, and in hindsight, I wish I had that data and that information. Um, so that is, that is definitely a mistake I will not make in my next build. Um, and there's also some harder lessons learned if you wanted to go more into that with building overall. I, you know, anything that you want to share? Because I think, you know, we can be inspired by, you know, hearing ways to build trust and to build that kind of relationship with the people we work with. But we can also always learn from, you know, things that haven't gone as planned, right? So, I, yeah, I would say give it, give it all to us, whatever you're willing to share. Yeah, um, so some of the, the challenges, um, like I, I talked about early on regarding rocking the boat and getting too wet. Sometimes there are times when you have to stop rocking mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. sit back um, and, and let the organization adjust a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there are times when, when it will become clear that, that the organization isn't ready for a certain change. Um, so you have to take a step back and say, okay, what do we need to do to get ready for this change? Um, and professional development and maturity of the organization is a big part of that. You know, are the managers, you know, um, developed enough as managers or do you need to take a step back and do some leadership development training first before we can take the next step? Because we need the managers to help move the organization forward. Um, and learning doesn't always, learning and building doesn't always feel good. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't always feel good, but it's, it's very, very rewarding. Very rewarding. I feel like too, there's this other question that, that kind of hangs in that as, as an HR professional, you, some of what you're talking about really comes from having the time, you know, the boots on the ground, the experience of working in these different environments. So you can apply that wisdom that you have. Um, I think it also requires a lot of intuition, right? Just kind of that gut check of, you know, balancing that out with the other tangibles that you know. But I also feel like there's this question in there that you must ask yourself pretty frequently, which is like, how wet do I want to get? Yes. Right. <laughs> and I think, you know, but that's always a good question with change, right? Being really honest about, you know, what, what are the good things that come from the change? What are the hard things that are come that will come with the change? And what am I willing, what am I willing to experience in this too? What can I, um, what can I really weather and bring along the others with yeah. me who are going to go through this? A absolutely. Um, and there, there likely will come a time um, when you know you're done when you know you've done all you can do with that build, right? Mm -hmm. Or the, the ceiling of what the organization can handle is, is done. Um, yeah. and, and that's where the intuition also comes in. Um, you know, and the question is, do you listen to that? 
or do you keep rocking the boat? <laughs> right. Because how much more can can you or the other people in the boat endure with you? And sometimes you're the only one who knows that, right? Yeah. 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 I like that you bring up intuition, though. It's, it's, a, it's a valuable point. And I think most people would agree um, that when we really tap into that intuition, it guides us. And when we don't listen, we often regret it. Yeah. I would think that you know, in the space that you're in with people and building that if you didn't have some good intuition, you would not have come as far as you have. You would not have probably wanted to do build after build because, you know, that gut check is such a great guiding light for, you know, whatever you're going to do next. Yeah. So... My, one of my last questions for you here, and, you know, and maybe this is also, you know, kind of a question about, you know, as an HR professional, as you've built your, um, your network inside of an organization and you've built relationships with people, what do you really want to leave the people that you are leading with as a feeling? What would you like for those that you are leading to really think of you? What would they say about you? What I really want is I want them, I want them to feel that they really genuinely could trust me, that they knew that, um, that what they saw was real and what they're going to get, that they didn't question, you know, was, was this real? Was Jen being honest with me or um, was there more to it? Um, and I want to leave the feeling that I, that I made a positive change and I'm leaving the organization in a better place um, than when I came on. Yeah. And and I that, think that, that can manifest in many ways. Yeah. And I think it ties really well back to what you're passionate about, which is growing people. And if you're growing people, then you're leaving them with that sense that you genuinely care and that you brought everything to the table for them and that you can be trusted. Absolutely. And, and so far it's proven, you know, I, I keep solid relationships um, after I leave or when people leave an organization. Yeah. That is a, a good marker of relationships. Well, well-developed and at time well-spent as well. So Jen, are you open to people connecting with you on LinkedIn? If, if you're an HR pro and you know, someone wants to just connect and maybe hear your thoughts or share some or share some things. Yes, I am more than more than open and, and welcoming to anybody connecting on HR on LinkedIn. Fantastic. That is the place where we're all spending, I think, a lot more time these days since we're not I in agree. the office and grabbing coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you sharing your experience with us here on the well. We're going to be doing this on Wednesdays. So my hope is that, you know, you've learned something and you've been inspired by Jen's experiences, by her stories, and that you found a welcoming place to come back and hear more and maybe share your own story. So you can follow us on YouTube or iTunes, Stitcher. I think this is always so much better when we all do it together. So take good care.